Hello once again everyone, thanks for tuning in to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get into this week's episode, we of course want to give a shout out to our sponsors that help us bring the show to you for free each and every week on whichever platform you choose to listen. Thanks to Angelo's Pizza. While maybe you can't dine in right now, you can still enjoy Angelo's Pizza as well as the other items on their menu through takeout or delivery. Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. Thanks to Pollyanna DIY. We've been selling some of the amazing enamel pins that they made for us to you, our fans. But check out Poly D- Pollyanna DIY for all of the extra things that they do on their own. They got some custom merchandise. They have some uh, old vintage stuff as well. So make sure you give them a follow and check out what they are all about. And thanks to the merger between Smartmark Video and IWTV, watching AIW has never been easier. Maybe you want to watch a show that you were at live and want to watch it back, or maybe you missed a show and you want to watch it. You can buy the DVD or MP4 at smartmarkvideo.com. And you can sign up at independentwrestling.tv using the code ABSOLUTE, get yourself a five-day free trial, and watch a revolving library of AIW shows as well as other independent wrestling promotions. And don't forget, as of right now, AIW streaming weekly on IWTV at 10 p.m. With that, we get into this week's episode as the revolving chair continues uh, of guests as we're doing everything kind of in isolation and remotely. We are always joined by AIW owner John Thorne. My name is Steve Guy, your moderator of sorts, and our special guest on today's episode, she, uh, well, what do we say? Her milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. She is the plus size, the plus size Pam Greer, thick she Langston, Miss Faye Jackson is in the house. What up? Hey, Steve, can we talk about your voice real quick? What's up? (laughs) Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay then. We're getting awkward. We're only we about some, 30 uh, seconds in. Got some smooth jazz voice. I like that. Uh, you know, I listened to a lot of Barry White growing up, so. Oh. I don't have any gray sweatpants, but I don't have any gray sweatpants, but I wore a gray sweatshirt for you. Well, thank you, but that doesn't count. I want to see gray sweatpants. <laughs> I, I so, am wearing gray sweatpants, but uh, oh. this, is, this is an audio show, so, you know. <laughs> Let's, uh, I mean, you know, let's just jump into that. How did that whole thing come about? Because it became somewhat of a viral sensation that (laughs) obviously did not happen, you know, uh, based on the circumstances of the world. But uh, was, was that something that evolved into the show or was the show planned in advance and you kind of like marketed it that way? No, it was a complete joke. Like, I think I was just horny one day and... Just uh, one day. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> this, this particular day, I decided to treat myself by looking up hashtag gray sweatpants on Instagram. Uh-huh. And I probably was a little drunk as well, not gonna lie. So I, as I was doing that, I just sent out a tweet saying... It should be a gray sweatpants battle royal with wrestlers. It was a joke. I did not think this was going to be a show <laughs> at all. But then as more people started like tweeting about it and making more comments about it, then I had people that were actually running shows in Tampa that said, hey, we got a ring. We have a venue. If you want to go ahead and run this show, uh, you got the green light. And I'll 
even said then I was hesitant. Like, uh, no, it was just a joke. I wouldn't be responsible for running a show. I'm already got uh, tied up with bookings that like three, four bookings a day and then to come out and do a show on whatever day. I don't think so. But it took some convincing from people saying, hey, this show's going to be different. It's going to be, I guess, geared towards ladies and men that like men, as I said, <laughs> as I said it. So, <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and uh, I just started asking people that I knew that, you know, I kind of figured would fit the requirements of the show. Like, hey, you want to, you actually do have to wear gray sweatpants, but do you want to be a part of the show? Did did, did people have to try out for you in private? Um, some of them did, yes. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to front on that. Yes, some of them did, and some of them got booked because of it. Wow. Was, was, uh, were, were people like, hey, involve me, and you're like, you weren't feeling it, and then they said, hey, check this out. No, it wasn't even that. The um, the way you got booked is you have to be a trained wrestler. Like, automatically, that I'm not putting any old fool in the ring. Because at the end of the day, I'm a trained wrestler. I went to school, had to pay for the bullshit. So, you got to do the same thing. And, um, take a picture of yourself in gray sweatpants. Let me see what you're showing. <laughs> or not showing. <laughs> what's, that guy, what, what's that guy's name? You wouldn't have booked Lexington Steel if he would have reached out? Is that that guy's name? He could come to the show, but he wasn't oh. going to step foot in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> what What would your role have have been? I'm I was that going to sit there and, and enjoy the show. That's would you ha- Would you have been like just? Would you have been the ring announcer? Like you had to be like a no. master of ceremonies no. somehow. No, that week. Let me tell you, WrestleMania weekend. That week, I had six shows, and wow. I had shows like back to back to back. That Saturday, I had planned on going to Effie's brunch. And <laughs> then my show that evening, I didn't plan on doing a damn thing. A damn thing. Would you have at least like walked out and been like, hey guys, I'm Faye. Welcome to Faye Jackson's gray sweatpants battle. Maybe if I would walk to my seat. like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's no, got your no. name on it. You got to... I did, look, I did have a chair out the way it was laid out. I did have a chair. It was set up like a throne. I was going to say, I, I, had, like, I hope it was like a throne. Yes. Yeah. So you would have seen that I was there. But as far as me being involved, actually being involved in the show, I didn't need to be. Right. Well, so been... were you like the promoter? Did you negotiate the deals? Were you, you yes. know, like yes. doing all the business? Yes. How yes. was that? What's how? Because a lot of. Not fun. A lot of wrestlers, you know, a lot, uh, like, like, let's talk about that for a second, because a lot of wrestlers, they don't have to deal with that much business. It's like they're their own corporation, and it's like, right. hey, I want this much money, that's it. But right. when you have to manage, you know, you're a doing budget. a battle royal. You're doing a battle royal, so, like, who yeah. knows how many talents you had to manage. There's a, you know, that budget can get out of hand pretty quick. Was that overwhelming for you? That in the sense of trying to get sponsors and making sure that everyone got paid because at first i'm like oh i'm gonna have 30 guys and then i'm gonna do a couple of matches and this is gonna be like in a two two and a half hour timeline and then as i started like looking at the budget of the show and yeah. then i'm like damn it like, gets out of control pretty yeah. easy yeah and <laughs> i don't think 
You know, I, I, and that's honestly like one of the reasons why I even started this podcast because, you know, for a long time it was always the promoter's fault and that's just the way it was. But I don't think wrestlers understand how much money has to go out just for them to come out and have a, you know, seven minute match. And I, I do think that the wrestlers that try to promote or, you know, get involved with it. Like for instance, you, you were going to do this one special show. I think it's kind of an eye opening experience. Oh yeah. I was stressed out. Cause trust me, <laughs> trust me when I tell you if this show would have gone down the way it did go down and everything still would have came out perfect. And that's why any money that was made from the show, if it was a profit from the show, I was going to give the money to Planned Parenthood. Cause my thing was, I had already, just from the bookings that I was getting that weekend and from the merchandise that I could have sold that weekend, I was going to be set regardless. So right. I really didn't need the money. And plus, I work full time for a living. So, you know, for me, money isn't everything. I just wanted to put on a good ass show. But it was going to be a one and done. Yeah, trust yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> Y'all can have this promoter thing because Lord have mercy. When I tell you, um, I had like a couple of people that dropped out. So I'm trying to scramble and hurry up and find uh, like replacements. Luckily, I didn't announce them yet. But right. I will say it wasn't hard to find replacements. But at the same time, it's just like, uh It's like, stressful. Yeah. And then who would have thought like. It could have been the day of, and people could yeah, have dropped out Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Imagine, like, imagine, so put yourself in the scenario where it's not WrestleMania weekend, and you don't have 300 wrestlers within driving distance. Mm-hmm. When you got to find that replacement yeah. day of, that is the most stressful thing a promoter could go through. And that's why I wanted to do it WrestleMania weekend because people are like, oh, you can do it around this time. You can run it for this show. You can run it at this venue. And I'm like, no, not because I'm thinking budget wise. Everybody's already going to be there. So I ain't got to pay for travel. But I at least want to get the wrestlers paid no matter what role they play. Like I had a couple people that was just going to do a run in. So it wasn't really going to be 30 people in the Battle Royal. It was going to be like 35, 36. It was going to be an actual like show of a thing. But I don't care if you stepped in. As soon as you step foot in that ring, you were getting paid. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's I I just think it's very interesting to get your perspective on the whole thing, because, you know, I uh, everyone is uh, like, you know, fans and wrestlers and. You know, everyone's like, they're just like, like just going crazy, getting stir crazy, wanting wrestling to come back, you know, based on this quarantine and everything that's going on in the world. And I'm sitting back and I'm feeling the most relaxed I've felt in years, (laughs) maybe my whole life. I'm just like, I'm enjoying it. You know, like, I feel like my brain has been like refreshed and it's like I hit the reset button. But uh, I just don't think uh, fans and a lot of wrestlers understand like just how much stress goes into it. So I thought I, that's the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is I wanted to know how involved you were with the Gray Sweatpants Battle Royal show and if you were stressed out. And uh, knowing that you were stressed out, it makes me as a regular promoter feel uh, a little bit relieved, you know? I will say I will thank um, the people that got me the venue and got me the ring so i didn't have to worry about setting up a ring i didn't have to worry about the cleaning i didn't have to worry about actually getting a venue but i could only imagine that's a whole other problem in itself yeah Yeah. (laughs) so just booking the show alone stressed me out because not only am i having to promote because i'm still like well at that point i was injured 
but I still had to promote different shows that either I was going to be on or trying to like uh I had a show that I was going to make a comeback on and I still had to do these promos. I still had to th- do things that wrestlers have to do in right. order to get the, you know, people know that I'm coming back out there. But at the same time, I'm still got to promote this big ass show <laughs> and I got to make sure that other people are promoting this big ass show. Because you know that's no, that's another thing with wrestlers. Wrestlers aren't so good about promoting. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and I learned that too. I can promote my own shit. I'm sorry. Can I curse? I yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Get X-rated, Faye. <laughs> yeah. You're already getting horny already right said, out from the beginning. Talking about my smooth vocals. You already said guys had to send dick pics just to get booked yeah. on the show. So I mean, yeah. we're way past that. But I'm trying to promote my own shit as a wrestler. And then I got to promote this show as a promoter. Now I got like 30 plus people on the show. And I got to make sure they promote it too. I'm loving, yeah. I'm loving this because these are the struggles of my life every single month. You know, hey, can you do this promo? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Four weeks later, you'll get a promo the day of the show while the person's driving in their car, you know, to get there, and you don't even have time to post it. Like, uh, wrestlers are just very, uh, I I love wrestlers, but like, they are a a lot of them are just, they have a totally just uh, a personality that you can't explain to a regular person, you know what I mean? Like, it's it, if you're a wrestling person, you understand the wrestling mentality so easily. But, like, there's a reason why probably a lot of these people aren't in corporate America. You know what I mean? And I get that. Someone that has a degree in PR, like, if you tell me as a wrestler to do a promo, guess what I got to do? Because people want to, you booked me for a reason. Right. So. And it adds value to yourself. Exactly. And you know what? For some reason, wrestlers don't get that at all. And I I don't get it. I don't know if it's because I know high school ain't t- teaching people stuff like that. But I don't know if it's they need to take a college course real quick. Just pay for one. Just learn how to promote your brand. Because as <laughs> right. a wrestler, you are a brand. Exactly. I don't get why people don't understand that. And there's a yeah. reason why, you know, if you look, and I, I use this example all the time, but, you know, there's a reason why Danhausen is probably selling a lot more T-shirts than you know random independent wrestler right now because he markets himself and war at, uh, war horse right yeah. and Fe and there's you know there's F-E. a whole list of guys that are going out above and beyond that have marketed themselves that people don't even necessarily even know how they wrestle you know what I mean they've just mm-hmm. found a way to be engaging with social media and you know it just. It, it makes an additional revenue stream for everyone if you just put effort in. Like, uh, I, I do think that the days of just being a good wrestler are behind us if you want to make money. I think the expectation is everyone could have a good match within their skill set. They know how to do it at this point. Like, the fans ex- have such a higher expectation than they used to, like, so many years ago. So, you have to do something different. And promos and when you do promos and you become engaging you sell more t-shirts you sell more merchandise you make more money and if it's someone like you like you said you have a regular job that supplemental income is like it can be life-changing 
I'm just saying, my Patreon is lit. Matter of fact, quick plug real quick. If you want to hit, hit up the Patreon, patreon.com slash Jackson 419 It is a... Hey. I'm happy about my Patreon. Trust we, me. You know, we've, <laughs> we, we've, we've gotten into the Patreon game, and I'm sure it's nowhere it's near different. as... Yeah. I'm sure it's nowhere near as risque <laughs> as maybe yours might be. Uh, but, you know, we've even seen uh, a lot of support through Patreon because it is a way to uh, just give your fan base special content and really yep. engage with them. And, yeah. uh, you know, as a promotion, you know, we found a, a way to make a couple hundred more dollars a month, which is so helpful. And I, I'm sure for you as a wrestler, you know, like it is, uh, that's another life changing thing. All I can say is thank you to my <laughs> Patreons that have subscribed. What's on, what's on there? What, what's sell me on it? Yeah. What's on there? Give um, us the 411 or the 419. It's actually the first look of my photo shoots, and it's the behind-the-scene photos of the uh, photo shoots. It's behind-the-scene videos. I talk to my Patreons. I ask them what kind of what they want to see, as long as it's not nude. I mean, I'm up for it. Um, I do Q and A's. Uh, I do special discounts on my merchandise for them. Like today, I ran a twenty percent off sale because it's four one nine day. But my Patreons get thirty to forty percent off of all the merchandise, right. and that's uh-huh. regardless. So you know, that's that's my Patreon. I know some other people they just you know post random things uh or like the uh, fitness tips and things like that I, i'm a fat ass girl i ain't about to be posting telling you how to work out like i do my workout and uh if anything don't listen to me so <laughs> when it comes to well, stuff like I, that i think this question will be a good transition uh to to what makes uh, you and aiw so special is twan tucker a patron <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe so unless he's using an alias or something, but no, he's not. He, I don't know, Tuan. I don't know if Tuan could even figure out. No offense to Tuan. I don't know if he could even figure out how to use Patreon to be perfect. His, uh, his, his sweetheart might have the lookout on his page, on, you know, what he's subscribing to. You never know. Exactly. Look, I gotta, look, I don't want no smoke, but I love Tuan. Yeah, I mean, I let's. Will, let's talk yeah. about that because you, you know you've done you, you've done quite a few. Uh, I'm trying to think where did I even where did I even meet you? Uh, did I meet you in Chicago? Maybe I think so. Yeah, uh, and Biggin just fell right in love with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I mean, I still have Biggin's in my heart every like every day. I still think about him all the time. I still have his pen. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I I, I think I met you at the first rise, maybe, but like maybe I met you before that. But I believe I met you at the first rise. I'm and not I sure. I think it was the first one. Yeah, and because uh, I was definitely one and done with that. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, all right, okay. Shoot so, interview with Faye Jackson. Yeah. No, it's not a shoot. It's some it's some places I fit in at, and you know, some places I don't. And I do think that you fit in quite well with AIW. Oh uh, yeah, and uh, you know, it's uh, you're you, you know you, you don't you're not on every show, but I feel like every time you come, it's like you haven't missed a show. You know what I mean? And like, if I f- was closer, trust me, I would try to get on every show. Yeah, and I mean, you know. you, like, let's talk about that. So you have Ohio roots, correct? Yes. I don't know how many people are are aware what that four one nine stands for. Yeah, Toledo all day. And Toledo. is that that's where you're from? Born and raised. 
and uh, went to Akron University, correct? Yep, University of Akron. So I'm a zip for life. So I know about the Cleveland area. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, yeah, I know you know about the Cleveland area because every time you're booked for AIW, you ask if you can go on early because you got some kind of club set up or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like it, 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 it's like AIW is just like a stop on the way to your social gathering for the night. Uh, I mean, what's the I Faye Jackson? She I goes to secret club too. favorite. What, what do you go to? Secret social club or something at uh, Touch? Is that what it's called? Uh, yes, actually, oh, that's, that's where I go to touch. Yeah, <laughs> touch Supper touch. Club. Oh yeah. yeah, all right, all right. You go the you go down in the downstairs. They got the music yep. playing. I think yep. it's called Secret Soul Club. Maybe it's called something else. But I know it's that a, you get. It's a different thing, like every weekend or something there. So yeah, it depends on what it is. Faye, yeah. Faye's always like, "Well, you know, I got to get going. You know, intermission's <laughs> over. I sold my merch, and uh, you know, and I'm it's a- not even the fact that I I love Dorn. You know, I love you dearly." <laughs> And oh. Steve Guy, I love you too. I love AIW. I love the fans that come to AIW. Uh, Cleveland will always be in my heart. Akron's always in my heart. And with that being said, you yeah, got to go and see your people. I have you to go see, see them, yeah. my people. And they come to the shows. They do. Like they, they, they do. They come yeah. to the shows when I'm there, but they're like, all right, bitch. Uh, I'll never, I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget your first. I'll never forget your first AIW show. It was a girls' night out, and uh, was I, it the last girls' night? It might have been the last one. I don't know, <laughs> but I swear, your entire family that was oh, within driving distance yeah. showed up. Your mom had a customized jacket on, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bedazzled out, Faye yes. Jackson. Yep. Faye J- I think it's a Faye Jackson's mom on it. Yes, it did. It was the fact, best. She came in with a milkshake cup, but I told her to go to Steak and Shake and bring me a milkshake. <laughs> and Biggin stopped her at the door, and I remember her telling me this. He probably Biggin. asked. He probably asked for your hand in marriage. <laughs> They stopped my mom at the door and was like, hey, you can't bring any food in here. And then my mom, being my mother, was like, do you know who I am? And pointed at her jacket and it said Faye Jackson's mom on it. He probably let her go, right? Okay, go on through. Go on through, Mrs. Jackson. And my mom always paid for front row seats and never sat front row. Like that's that awesome. show, she sat front row, but other than that, she would always pay for a front row seat, but sit oh, in the man. back somewhere. Yeah, that was funny. I, I will, I will never forget that. And uh, you know, you, you fit in quite well with with everybody. And uh, well, before we get into Chuan's infatuation with you, we have to get in. It's uh, this is going to be a theme of this show because so many people have, have just fallen in love with Faye Jackson in the greater Cleveland area. You have Biggins, you have Tuan. <laughs> But you also have the legendary Razor Sharp, who is uh, <laughs> who, who was very, <laughs> very smitten with you as well. Oh, yeah, that's that's accurate. I wish yes, I was recording I the video because your face was legendary right there. You are absolutely correct. Hey, he's a cool dude. He has a promotion too, doesn't he? Yeah, he yes. booked you for it. UXWA. No, what's the name of it? UXWA. Yeah, yes, UXWA. Yeah, he booked me and Britt Baker. We were like the first uh, women's match there. And it is on YouTube and it is yeah. their most watched YouTube video by oh. thousands and thousands. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine <laughs> I mean, because Britt Baker's in it. That's why it wasn't me. <laughs> nah, it's probably a combination there. I think it's a combo, you know. But yeah. uh, 
razor sharp he was uh he was ready to give you the full-time contract at the uxwa yeah and, but uh, you know me coming back and forth to cleveland every what every other weekend wasn't <coughs> gonna happen yeah you had to turn you had to turn down that contract i'm sure the first of many contracts you've turned down in your life <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care about the contracts you know i don't care about the contracts just give me much money give me much money yeah wow. i mean you don't need that you don't need that contract money you got the patreon right Huh? Hello. I'm just saying. (laughs) But uh, a lot of foot weirdos on that Patreon. No, I'm sure they're all nice gentlemen. My patrons weirdos. Come on. All right. That's yeah. That's fair. They're all they're all gentlemen. And uh, you know, last but not least, well, I'm sure there's probably several other people who have fallen in love with (laughs) Faye Jackson in the Cleveland area. But let's get into Twan Tucker because this yeah this became such a playful joke to kind of embarrass Tuan and uh, just kind of rib him backstage and it then it it, it got so far until you guys got booked a in match. a yep. match and uh, <laughs> man what did that match exceed all expectations I think of all involved uh, I, th- I you know maybe I'm wrong but I, I would guess that it probably even exceeded your expectations of what it could be because I've never seen something that was booked as a joke, just like, hey, you know, this is like a this is like a show at a bar. We're just gonna have fun. Right. Let's do this to mess with Tuan a little bit, and it was amazing. Pro- one of my favorite matches of the year, easily. Oh yeah. Thank you. And uh, let's just talk about. I want to hear your perspective on how we even get to this point, because it kind of was your idea. Yeah, I kept saying, book me versus Twan. How many times did I ask you? A lot, a lot. And you were vocal on Twitter about it, too. Yeah, me and, versus, and I got people behind me on it. And oh, I thought, yeah. and you know, I thought that maybe it was a joke because I don't know how many people know this or not, but Twan was being a little flirtatious with you on the internet and would always kind of uh, play along with the joke, so to speak, until his girlfriend found out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that became a uh, whole other thing. So a part of me thought when you were requesting the match, you were just being a little, you know, playful with Tuan and joking around. But oh, then, yes, absolutely. I'm not going to front on that one. Yes, and, but I'm then not. it turned, it was like, like I said, it was a joke. And then it, somewhere along the lines, it became a reality. And a lot of it was on you constantly messaging me and saying, like, no, I want to do this. Let's do this. And finally, I gave in on it. And uh, I, I swear, if you are listening to this right now and you've not watched Faye Jackson versus Twan Tucker from Little Guido's Beer Bash, you need to seek that out and watch it because it is one of the most magical things I've ever seen in pro wrestling. I swear. It was, uh, you know, this was honestly, I swear, it was booked for all the students to just kind of like, mess with Twan and embarrass him and kind of make him, you know, Twan's kind of a shy guy uh, back, you know, when he's back amongst the wrestlers in the locker room, he's very reserved and quiet and, you know, everybody would mess with him about his crush on Faye Jackson. And this, once I gave in on this, this was just kind of throwing gasoline on that fire for everyone to mess with Twan and like, oh, Tuan, you know, you're about to be in there with Faye, you know, and like nobody had any expectation it was going to be anything. And this match, I swear to God, made me get behind Tuan as a talent 
Like based more on anything else he he did up until that point, this match made me go, "Wow, Tuan really really could be something." Oh, when it came down to us actually having a match, I had Tuan. First of all, let me say Tuan was a hundred percent respectful. So yeah. there was nothing he didn't. You were not, but he was. Crew. Of course not. But <laughs> <laughs> Lou, crew, nothing. I had, because I know, I think it was Twan's, what, first year in, I want to say? Yeah, oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I yeah, think it's yeah, it was. Yeah, it was coming up on, like, like his one-year anniversary, I think, maybe. So, I had Twan call the match. I had him say, I asked him, I was like, what do you want to do? Uh, what's your finisher? We're, I'm going to have you call this match, and I'll just pinpoint what the hell I'm doing. And in the meantime, just know we're going to tell a story. I'm all about any match that you have seen probably in the past year or two. I'm all about telling a story. In the and ring. boy, did you tell a story on this night. <laughs> sure did. It <laughs> so was, I'm uh... like, I want you, all I want for you to do is resist me. Because people in the back, everybody knows that you have this huge crush on me, and I'm going to play on it. And That's fans kind of knew a little bit based on this podcast. Fans yeah. knew a little bit. Like we we had kind of joked around a little bit about it. So it wasn't like really out there, but like it was a little bit out there. So fans right. really took to this. Right. So that's all I needed Twan to do. I was like, just try to resist me because I'm going to throw everything at you. Literally throw everything <laughs> at you. <laughs> and what Twan does so good, better than probably 95% of the active wrestlers in the world, is his facial reactions. Are everything. Oh are, um, they're, they're amazing. And that, his, he was he could not have been more dead on on this night. That photo from when you guys are in the crowd and he's on the chair and you go, you give him the lap dance, just the yep. look on his face then and his arms are just off to the side. <laughs> I put it on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I asked twice permission. I was like, I'll send you a shirt too. If, if I can use this photo because it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. So good. I, I this match is just it, it it was so good and this like you said you told the story and the story was was it's a amazing. steamy romance novel yeah, yeah it, it was a it was a steamy romance novel that's that's for sure but the crowd was just they bit everything they bit for everything oh, yeah. hook line and sinker and that is a credit to you you know and you knew the story that needed to be told there's no way it, like. I would put a million dollars on it that Tuan never would have called any of that stuff that you mm-hmm. called, you know, like the lap dance and all the other stuff. Because like you said, Tuan is a respectful guy and there was no way that he was going to disrespect you by it, even oh, I know. I know. by even like insinuating any of that stuff. But that stuff that was a little rude and crude uh, that you brought to the table made the match like it was it was amazing. Well, thank you. I, I it's one of my favorite matches to this day, mainly because the way Twan sold it. Like he is, he doesn't get enough. When this Rona is over, I need for Twan to just be booked everywhere. And I yelled at him beforehand because I was like, "You, especially after I had his NXT thing, I was like, yeah. you need yeah. to be." Telling people that you are accepting bookings, but then when he told me he didn't have a car, I was like, well, hello. Uh, <laughs> either 
either get a car, save up, get a car, or ride with people. Ride with yeah. Dom somewhere. Like, you got people that's around you that's in Cleveland. Just ask if you can ride to a show with them. You can chip in with gas. Some Just something. But, you know, it takes, hey, sometimes some wrestlers got to learn, too. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, there's a lot of those guys that that come to the school and they don't have a license or they don't have a car. And I'm just like, you know, you're going to have a much tougher road than the guy that has the car because all the veteran wrestlers, they want somebody that will drive them places. And then, you know, that's just how the game works. And uh, luckily for Tuan, he is probably the most beloved wrestler in Cleveland. So he does get get a lot of opportunities to hop in the cars with people and stuff like that. But not as much as you know as a wrestler, if you are a individual person that has a car and you can go anywhere, you don't have to rely on anybody. That mm-hmm. is much more beneficial. But I'm hoping Tuan, I'm hoping at least 2021, I see Tuan Tucker's name. A lot more places. Yeah, and he's he's very he's very good. He's very talented. You know, uh, like besides this match, he has really come into his own as a performer. And I do credit a lot of you know the match you had with him and giving me confidence in him. You know, because he was not the he was not the the same performer that he was before that match that he became after that match. And I think you know he realized that he does not have to overthink things so much and. You know, he he figures he figured out what works for him. And, you know, he he finally started to kind of put it all together. That sometimes that's what it takes. I mean, you're going to have your wrestlers that do all the moves. I'm a big bitch. Um, I'm not about to be doing all the moves, but I will try to something that I was taught by the lizard is to tell a story. Lizard man. Yeah. Liz- yeah. <laughs> is if i can't do all these moves at least try to sell me on a story on why you why you have a matchup with somebody because some people may know the background some people may not know the background but this is a perfect opportunity to tell a story with someone and you know let's let's get into that a little bit like what is what is your backstory what leads you to being a pro wrestler where do you train you know, let's kind of bring everybody up to speed on the Faye Jackson origin story. <laughs> well, the Faye Jackson origin story, I started off as a manager um, at FTW with Earl Cooter. Earl um, Cooter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he um, trained me <clears throat> on how to take bumps so I can walk out Grim Reefer well, well, to the well, how, well, how did you wind up out there? Because you, you, know, you are an Ohio girl. How do you wind up out on the East Coast? Well, I took a job out here years ago at uh, MetLife Stadium and uh, was working full-time there for a little bit, but then transitioned to another job in New York City. And while I was in New York City, I always, I would go to the independent shows out here. I used to go to the Ring of Honor shows when it was at the Manhattan Center, and I'll be the only person. I would just go alone. And then I went to, I actually went to an FTW show, and I don't want to say it was Cooter, but it was definitely somebody on Cooter's team that came up to me. And it was like, just it was a show in Queens and he was just like um like are you enjoying the show and I thought he was just trying to like hit on me creep or on you a little bit because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> everybody like, falls in love with Faye Jackson 
And he's like, what brought you to this show? I was like, I just Google search uh, independent shows that's going to be in New York City. I seen that this was running on a Saturday night. I don't have nothing to do. I just came. And he's like, "Uh, well, you got a lot of eyes on you. Have you ever thought about getting into this? And my thing was like, (laughs) hell no. Like, (laughs) no, I'm a watcher. I'm not going to be, like, trying to get into wrestling. But, you know, he gave me the information to uh, Cooter School. I stopped by a couple of times just to watch him. And, you know, the first time, I want to say, like, the first couple of weeks I actually decided to get in the ring, it was, I... I was just like, no, like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is hard. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how to take a bump. (laughs) I don't want to fall. I don't want to get hit. Like, this is crazy. But he's like, you got to get in this business somehow. So I started off from being just like a raffle ticket seller. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I did. You're really, really working your way up the ladder. (laughs) Yeah. I went from being a raffle raffle girl seller to uh to uh, collecting tickets at the door, to uh, Reefer was finally like, yo, like, why are you doing this shit? You need to be walking me out to the ring. And then he pulled Cooter to the side, like, hey, she's walking me out to the ring. Okay, all right. So then I was a part of the show. Uh, Cooter gave me the name Big Booty Trudy. So I went with that. I went with that. Um... The more I got involved with the shows, once Reefer uh, showed me how to bump properly, how to take moves properly, not give them, but actually, like, somebody's going to give me a drop kick, like, yeah. uh, learn how to like, sure. protect their face, learn how to land, things like that, um, learn how to take a power bomb from somebody. Like, he showed me how to take these moves properly. But then, after a while, he was just like, yo, you need to learn how to wrestle, but... Um, don't do it here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he was just like, uh, and plus I had took a, I, at that time my job had laid me off and I had took a job in Philly. So he was like, if you're going to go down to Philly, go to, he gave me a couple of schools. He's like, go to CZW or go to Chikara or go to Ring of Honor. And I was like, I always been to, always went to Ring of Honor shows. So I'll just see what they're talking about. So I emailed the Ring of Honor Dojo. They got back to me immediately. And um, Delirious was like, well, the new class starts in, I want to say it was 2015, January 2015. And that was when I started to train to be a actual wrestler, not just taking bumps. But he just like, was like, yo, you're going to be a wrestler because I... And I told him the same thing, like, yo, I'm a manager, I know how to take bumps, but I'm not for sure about actually getting in the ring to do uh, do wrestling. And he's like, uh, he looked at me, he was like, uh, no, you're going to wrestle. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was, and I was just like, okay, we'll, we'll take it from there. And he baby stepped me the whole way, so I'll give him credit for that. Like, he... Uh, I had I still have my notebook to this day of all the notes that I took from every day that I went to training with him and um, yeah like I want to say 2016 is when I actually had my first match how was that was it nerve-wracking were you nervous it was Ring of Honor had just got this brand new set and he told me my first match was going to air on TV 
Oh, and shit. yeah, and <laughs> my first match was going to be against ODB. So it was like boom, boom, boom. I was oh. like, oh my god, why, why? <laughs> that was my first. The first thing came out of my mouth. Why? He's like, what do you mean why? I'm like, uh, my first match is going to be on TV. That's and crazy. Wrestling ODB, like. Yeah. why no like don't do this to me i'm scared I, I was scared probably like a month up into the whole thing and then when i got to nashville lord um i wanted to shit a brick <laughs> 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 and and that match is still on youtube for some reason <laughs> i'm gonna have to seek that out yeah after i want to watch that <laughs> so like did, did it, it go w- okay though yeah did it go okay I guess it went okay for like a first match. Right. Right. So, okay, I'll, I'll ask you this: At what point do you go from a nervous first match, Faye Jackson, to uh, Twitter after dark, uh, Faye Jackson? <laughs> Which I uh, about that real quick. I you know I was gonna be mad that I was not approached to rig announce the gray sweatpants battle royal, but after this whole Twitter after dark thing you happened, try out brother. I was you know what after certain ring announcers on Twitter after dark, I was like you know what that's I'm not offended anymore. Okay, well I will say <laughs> with the with the gray sweatpants show, everybody that was actually involved in the show, like as far as ring announcing, uh, doing commentary. And like the special enforcers were all women, so you weren't going to get. The oh, job okay. Anyway. So well, no girl power, but it was yes, it was all women. That's who I wanted. But but, <laughs> but well, like what I'm saying is, is you know you uh, you, you know, were very shy and timid. When, yes, when, in that when wrestlers match. get when wrestlers get involved in wrestling, it's very uh hi nice to meet you like very quiet you know like everyone's very nervous everyone's very reserved um what when when does the transition happen for you it was when did the transition happen for me well you know with ring of honor we had to do like a you know they wanted me well uh, especially yeah like i'm sure i'm sure ring of honor would not uh approve of the faye jackson of today They yeah, me even though we love that ugly, match, like personality, like yeah. so that was that's why I had on the pink suit. I had made a, got it custom made and things like that. They want me to just be like this big bubbly, hey type, uh, type black girl in a sense, and you know that's me in a sense, but not really. Like I can put on the big bubbly personality, but if you actually talk to me, like in a locker room or something. You're going to be like, okay, like, she's cool, but dang, Faye, your mouth is is wild. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I could, I could talk, talk shit with the best of them, trust and believe. But it's just, you know, that wasn't, Faye Jackson isn't that, you know? Faye Jackson isn't big and doesn't have this big bubbly personality. Faye Jackson is a creep. All her fans <laughs> are creeps. So... <laughs> That's why I call them the creep squad and we have the creep life because they are creeps and I appreciate my creeps. So I'm going to keep adding on to the creeps and that's just, it, it, it just works out for me. But when did you like, when did, when you, did that happen? When were you yeah. like, fuck it? Like when are you like, fuck it? I'm just going to be me. <laughs> Probably last year, last year. Okay. Um, I would say. I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Um, last year, I 
was touring a lot with yeah. um a, a certain company. Okay. And that's they wanted me to portray a role of um not someone that they already had on their roster, right. but someone similar. So every time they would critique me, they would say, oh, well, you know, she wears a full suit and we think you're showing a little too much skin. So can you get a full suit? And I was like, yeah, I can go do that. Because, you know, if you if you want the job, you're going to do what they tell you. Right. But mm-hmm. then it's like you keep doing all this stuff that they want you to do and it led to nowhere and that was kind of my breaking point it's like all right you wanted me to do this i had to travel here for you had to do this for you i had to do all this stuff for you to still tell me no just kind of sick of like chasing that dangling carrot so to speak exactly yeah you're like (laughs) you went and chased some other dangling carrots on the internet (laughs) so in a sense i kind of just had like it kind of broke me and i was just like like, this is the job that I wanted. I'm trying to do everything and show you everything that I can do, but y'all... It's like, like you were losing yourself, it sounds like, a little bit. It, exactly, and it wasn't yeah. me. Like, I'm trying to be what you want me to be, but at the end of the day, I still wasn't good enough. So, mm-hmm. now now that you now that I'm broken to the 0%, only thing I can do is stop pretending to be someone that I'm not. And kind of find yourself again because it it is hard and you do see it a lot. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen people that have gone on to get that contract and they were one way when you knew them before. And now you run into them again and it's like you're talking to like a robotic person. Like you can't have like they think that there is a camera or a microphone around at all times and you can't have a real conversation with, with, and it's not everybody, but I have seen it over the years. It's like, you know, it's like uh, a weird brainwashed thing to where it's like, you know, some people just conform so much that they just don't know how to like revert back to normalcy. Mm -hmm. So I, I could see how something like that could break you when you were, doing everything that was asked of you and you still did not get that you know that put your sign that sign your name to this piece of paper right and uh you know move and let's let's do something so uh do you think that it was a relief once you finally were just like fuck it yes a hundred percent because now it's kind of like in a sense that now that i am being who i am and i don't have to i can wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm going to say this today. But then I don't have to look at my phone and be like, well, should I say this? It's like, oh, this is what I'm saying. Tweet, goodbye. Like, this this is who I am. And it, I'm happy that I'm able to portray who I really am. And it's actually helped me out a lot more than right. trying to be like this still big bubbly girl that everybody wanted me to portray. Because it's like... Oh, well, now she's really different because now she's a creep and she's talking about sex and dicks and all types of stuff. And we don't expect 
anyone to say anything like that because it's wrestling. This is like wrestling. You're not supposed to talk about that. You're just supposed to talk about wrestling. Well, hello, I have a life too. And I like, uh, I'm a human and I like sex and I like alcohol. Uh, I like an edible from time to time. And, (laughs) and I like to just, you know, be me. I like to have fun. And at the same time, I like to get my coins and, there ain't a human out there that is perfect. Trust and trust yeah. and believe me on that. Like we all have a vice, we all have a, a story to tell. Sometimes if you just if you're just yourself, um, you could you just feel a lot better. And oh, you know, sure. <laughs> like I do think that there is somewhat of like this society that is like it wants to shame all of these things, and it's like oh, like this person cheated on their wife so like that makes them a bad performer or something you right. know what i mean like, like it's, yeah. what they gotta do with anything? <laughs> it has nothing right. to do with that like you know like I, I see a lot of like the cancel culture things and it's like you know like wrestler x did this thing that has offended everybody and it's just like you know that really doesn't make me think that his matches or her matches were not as good as i remember you know what i mean like that does not change their them as a performer to me and i think that so many people fans especially are just way too caught up in that because like you know like imagine the 80s imagine if there's a twitter in the 80s how many of your favorite wrestlers would have been pieces of complete shit you know and like (laughs) but uh, that does that does not change you know my views on them as a you know them as the performer them doing their job like what people do when they're not doing their job, I I don't really give a fuck about. But uh, I do think that there is, and I've talked to some other wrestlers about this on this podcast, and you know a lot in person as well. I do think that there is a lot of power in embracing being an independent wrestler, and yeah. I think that that kind of that mindset was almost extinct for a while because. So many people were getting contracts at such a rapid rate mm-hmm. that it almost became like indie wrestlers did not want to be indie wrestlers. They wanted to be uh, indie wrestler for a short time in which they become a contracted wrestler. And they did nothing uh, to stand out really and make like and make a career as an independent wrestler. They wanted to be a signed wrestler. And I do think that especially now with people like you and you know Danhausen and all the others that we talked about earlier there is something great when you change your mindset from I want to be a contracted wrestler to I want to be an independent wrestler and you take it seriously like a job and you kind of get those preconceived like I need to conform to get this contract you get the, all those notions out of your head and you focus on being an independent wrestler, I think that there is so much money to be made if people believe in themselves. And you are one that I know that it took a lot of the system somewhat breaking you down, but I think now you're realizing like, hey, I can, you know, you've talked about your Patreon and all your bookings and all this other stuff. Like, I think you're finally realizing like, hey, you know, it isn't bad to be an independent wrestler. And it's not. I will say when it comes, well, going back to what you said earlier, um, as far as people 
because even I got called out a couple of times. But as long as you're not a racist, a homophobe, or overall just piece of shit, then you know, <laughs> <laughs> then you know, um, try to keep. It's hard to separate your life and your business, but at the same time, if your personal personal life really affects your business, then maybe. And that's in general. That's not not just wrestling. Like that's just in general. Like if right. if if you're a piece of shit in real life, then maybe you need to get your life in order so your business won't be affected by that. But I just the- I, I just do think like sometimes people are too concerned with like canceling, you know. And like I said, oh, you, cancel culture is you real. probably you probably had plenty of people offended just by the gray sweatpants <clears throat> thing, you know. Oh, I because, did. You know, I and did. it's just like come on everybody relax like it's it's harmless you know and like some of this and some of the stuff is harmful i i admit that but a lot of it is just like you know it's just for me like if i like somebody as a performer i'm gonna i I like them as a performer i don't you know i don't hang out with these people you know what i mean like they don't enter my real life for the most part right because at the end of the day they're doing their job just Try, uh, it's hard to do for a lot of them, but it's like, try to separate your, if you want to be a wrestler, be a wrestler, try to not incorporate your personal life. Yeah. You have to treat, you have to treat it like a brand, you know? And like going back to that conversation, you are a brand. (laughs) I, you know, I tell, I tell all the AW students like, uh, very early on, I, you know, I try to live my life like a pie chart. I got my wrestling life. I got my regular life. I have my personal life. And I try not to have any of that, any of that crossover. And it, it works well for me, you know, and like I don't have a lot of problems. But some people, they just throw it all out there on Twitter. And it's yeah. like, it's a mess. Yeah. Well, it's like to use Danhausen as an example again. When you see him tweet, you know, he is tweeting as Danhausen. Every single thing he does. And you're not hearing about his regular day-to-day You're not hearing about Donovan. Yeah, you don't know anything about Donovan. It's all Dan Housen stuff. What I love about Faye Jackson is the fact that people have accepted the fact that she is a creep. And (laughs) there are creeps out there that actually like to hear stuff that she likes to say. Right. Now, I mean, Farron, on the other hand, because I will give you the government, Farron, on the other hand, oh has my. a full-time job and does not cross wrestling into her personal into her uh, personal and that is and that is the hard life. that is the hard thing to juggle. I will recommend this for uh, any wrestler out there. Uh, I went at my job. I went and found as many people as I could that worked at my job on social media and block them from all from all social media accounts <laughs> and trust me it's hard especially the bigger that my name has been getting on the independent scene there mm-hmm. are a couple of people that watch wrestling at my job and i act like i don't know nothing about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know because they i don't want them to discover who faye jackson is but and don't want do, them seeing actually, that swan tucker match <laughs> yeah, especially that one. And, Which and, I will and say, answering questions. <laughs> as as you talk about like 2019 being the year kind of like of re self discovery of of Faye Jackson, uh, selfishly, I think that AIW was a great coming out party for that between yes. the Twan Tucker match and then on the heels of that we get Faye Jackson at Wrestle Rager and that was another one for the creeps. 
that was uh, yeah that one that one does not get as much love uh as the tuan tucker one but i i believe when i was watching that live i even said you know this one's making me feel a little uncomfortable i think (laughs) well that one i would definitely say that was mainly alley cat too alley cat i think you guys helped her with the gcw role i love gcw but i'm not going no no I can't do oh, the cut the, open like stuff. the death match stuff. Yeah. I can't do. I can't like, like I got power bombed through some chairs and my back hurt for a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm good on that. Like I much respect to my girl Alley Cat because she is like balls out with it right now. But there was some there was some weird shit. There was the 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 ass smash of uh, oh yeah, Derek. and uh, yeah, there's was, a lot of just there's a lot of weird stuff in that. There's some one. greasy stuff in that match. Yeah, yeah, very. Almost, it, it, it was fun. It was it, it was fun, but like there was one I was like, whoa, this one is. Uh, <laughs> it was it was perfect for that atmosphere. It was perfect for that atmosphere, and it would have been probably even weirder if Super Oprah was not incarcerated at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Which we had not told people, but Faye Jackson. Gets, no, I didn't. So uh, you did. I, I know. Did. We didn't. We didn't tell anybody. But you get out Pop. there, and we let you know. Power to the people. Free Super uh, Oprah. Yeah. Free hey guys, Oprah. free Super Oprah. And everybody's like, "What the fuck happened to Super Oprah?" <laughs> so, uh, like, it, I, I want to circle back a little bit. Do you feel power? Like, you know, that power of realizing independent wrestling and being independent. Like, do you uh, do you understand the power of that now that you've kind of figured out the formula i understand the power of it because that there are so many people that watch independent wrestling and i don't think wrestlers have capitalized on that yet and not only are there people that watch there are people i could tweet stuff just being faye jackson about like some creep shit and people can vanity search creep shit and they can find i got followers that don't even watch wrestling but because i talk about some creep shit like gray sweatpants i got so (laughs) many people that followed me off of the gray sweatpants that didn't watch wrestling but then realized that i was actually doing a show off of it and they're like oh shit well i wish i was in florida to see it because i'll just come just to watch that <laughs> so it opened that's what wrestling's all about opportunity that's what wrestling yeah. is all about especially at the independent level is getting those non-wrestling fans and i think that's what's so great about independent wrestling is it's like a melting pot of you get the wwe fans mm-hmm. you get the independent wrestling fans you get the person that just wants to go out and get drunk for the night and they have no fucking idea what they're going to watch uh and there is a I power behind that. someone in florida that sold uh sex toys and they were like can we set up a booth at your show <laughs> like i know nothing about wrestling but I, it seems like it's gonna be a lot of girls that want some some in- excitement after the show yeah, so. your, your experience with getting sponsors and things like that for that show by the way not the general experience that uh we have getting sponsors yeah, we have, we have an awful time getting sponsors and we do we do everything pretty above board you know there's no yeah. there's no gray sweatpants or uh wet t-shirts or anything like that and uh we you know it's it's real hard to get the sponsors i was actually kind of shocked and happy satisfied at the same time of the people that came out and reached out to me it's like hey this seems like a cool ass show do you mind uh if i can sponsor it and at the same time i was reaching out to different companies and saying hey uh this is probably a long shot but you know is either you're gonna tell me yes or no but i am running a pro wrestling show and uh it's 
basically off of gray sweatpants, which is a novelty. It's going to be geared towards women. And this is how many people, because I know how to write things. So you're going to have to forward uh, your proposal yeah. Yeah. When, when you're done. <laughs> we, we need some uh, help on that. I, like last year at uh, WrestleMania, there is over like 300,000 fans in the area that not only attended WrestleMania, WrestleMania had over 80,000. Because remind you, I worked at MetLife Stadium, so I know right, how many right. people it could fit. Fit. And I was like, it had over 80,000 80, fans just from that that came and uh, came to the event from all over the world. Then there's an additional 200,000 fans that just come to be in the area for that week. So you're capitalizing on new opportunities from people from around the world. And that was just like a, a snippet of my I think Faye Jackson is people. the new director of marketing for Absolute Intense <laughs> She's definitely great at the uh, at the writing. It's What's, the, what kind like of percentage? What, what kind I of percentage deal? <laughs> what kind of percentage deal were you gonna were you talking about here? <laughs> Look, I have a degree, so <laughs> yeah, my de- my degree's in marketing, but it's more like the uh, creative side of things like that. So you need a per diem? What do different you need? Element. <laughs> Hey, look, if I can get you some sponsors, give me at least 10, 10, 15 percent. I'll all act right, for that. All right. I'll you hear yeah. here yeah. first, folks. The new director of marketing. <laughs> we better get a we better get like. Uh, so I sent that same proposal to Bluetooth. Yeah. Oh, you, did you get some Bluetooth yeah. money? And I got Bluetooth money. So I don't wow. Bluetooth didn't write didn't, us back. They did not write us back. Cause I didn't ex- look. I didn't expect. I just looked up the fact that they had something at Starcast and they yeah, were helping yeah. out AEW. And I'm like, look, uh, I don't know if you're going to be in the area, but hey, um, I want to put them on the canvas for a couple free pills. Yeah. Did you did you uh, did you have a direct contact to the Blue Shoe or did you just go to their any, website? You get any samples? I went to the no. I went to the website. I did it professionally. I went to the website and. They told me only because Bluetooth has to be a prescribed medicine, they couldn't give us samples. Because I just asked for like samples yeah. or something. But I was like, I do also have uh, different tiers of sponsorship opportunities if you want it. And they signed up for a tier. Bam. Man, they didn't, even write us, Josh, didn't even write us back. Josh Bishop has fans bringing Bluetooth for his matches. Oh, Lord have mercy. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> that's not alleged. He requests it on Twitter all the time. He says, shower me in Bluetooth. <laughs> These fucking kids, uh, they're going to fuck up their bodies, you know. He's going to need blue chews uh, a lot sooner than later, probably. And I will say I did have a uh, a porn company that reached out to me actually last minute. And I was like, well, the show's actually canceled. And they was like, well, we just saw your proposal. And we were seeing if everything was still going down. They were based in Florida, too. Who was it? Was a gang? It. Was a Gangrel's old I'm porn not, company? No, yeah. no. <laughs> That would have been company? awesome. Wait, yeah, he, he like directed direct them or something. Yeah, where do you think that fanging and banging uh, slogan came from? Yeah, it's his energy drink. What? It's got an energy drink. He's got. A, he directed porn. He, yeah, he used to direct porn though, for real. That's shoot. Yeah, that's Yo, real deal. Live your best life. That's dope. More power to him. Live your best life. Yeah, wow, he's, a, he's a, as a as a vampire and uh, porn director. He is the original wrestling Twitter after dark. <laughs> Well, he needs to hop back on then. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I think you've kind of, uh, I feel you are directly responsible for the Twitter after dark. I think the gray sweatpants thing, I think that loosened people up a little bit. And, uh, you know, 
the quarantine just pushed them all over the edge. I will say I did not come up with the actual tweets of uh, wrestling Twitter after dark. I'm, say- I'm, I'm not saying that you did. But me. I'm saying that I think that you pushed people towards it. I'm saying, yeah. you know, you are uh, you would be on the Mount Rushmore of Twitter after dark. We'll say that <laughs> me and AJ Gray. Poor yeah. AJ Gray. You weren't you weren't. <laughs> You didn't like it, I, you know, I, I yelled. Don't, I, I don't yelled know at how him. to explain it. I, I, I was like, you know, like I actually tweeted, "What the fuck is going on?" Because I just, <laughs> I was not, I was not on Twitter for like a couple hours, and then like I'm looking and I'm scrolling, and I just see like AJ Gray with just like a boner and Wait, uh, in, in my feed. And, yeah. No, he was just like in his underwear, it like just with a boner, <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? And uh, I feel you are 100% responsible for that. Well, I'll take it because for the simple fact, I think people are beautiful. And if you're comfortable, I, I see it as a confidence booster. If you're comfortable to show yourself off, then shit, show yourself off. Uh, it just <laughs> caught me a little off guard. That's all I'm saying. You know, I did not expect to see <laughs> AJ Gray fully torqued on my Twitter feed. Hey, according to AJ, it's only 75%. 75 so he see, I didn't even get to ask him all that either because I love AJ as a brother. So I wanted him to be a part of the show, of course, but at the same time, I wasn't trying to look at that because I look at him as a little brother. I, uh-uh. yeah, that's that's I'm fair. Good. That's fair. There you go. I'm like, you uh, can go, but I will definitely help you try to get some, you know, P U S S Y that weekend. Oh, and we're getting a little X-rated now. Because, yeah. because I did have girls that made special requests for certain men in this battle royal that was announced, and I was like, "Look, all I'm gonna do is shoot your shot when you get to the show." Who were the? Can oh. you tell us the special requests? Are they? Are they? Are they? Are, no, are the girls who were requesting? Are they? Uh, they? Are, are they in the industry? Are they? No, just regular no, girls. They were fans. They were fans. Yeah, they were fans. Uh, can you? And can they you were share? Cute. Can you share the special request, or do you want to keep that quiet? Um, Boost the what? egos of some of these guys. What? Not that they pro- they probably don't need it, but ask me about Chris Bay and if uh, if he needed a oil woman to put like oil. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was like, um, I don't want any of the wrestlers in the ring all oiled up because that just seems like something terrible yeah. that's going to happen but you know seems like you could have sold a uh, special tier ticket to just oil people up <laughs> yeah i was like but afterwards you know if you want to go on hit and i had decided after the show um because there was plenty of requests of women wanting to take pictures of the guys or take pictures with them uh, in their gray sweatpants so that was going to be like my final announcement. Like, hey, there's going to be a photo op opportunity after the show with your favorite wrestler <laughs> to take a picture with them in the ring in their gray sweatpants. Look at you. Ever the ever the businesswoman. Yeah. Such an entrepreneur when it comes to, uh, I don't know, We're gonna, things, I guess. I think you got to take this idea on the Shark Tank, maybe. <laughs> so they'd be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> But unfortunately, well, it didn't happen this mania. Maybe next mania, I'll try to think of some bigger and better things to do. Nobody, tell what, I told my guys, I was like, look, nobody lost the booking. That's for sure. Unless you get signed. If you get signed, then you can't be in it, of course. Next uh, next mania out in, in L.A. So you might you might get some porn companies that uh, come there looking, trying to get some contracts themselves. Who knows? 
Hey, you never know. Hey, they paying well for uh, and the guys take it. That's on them. They ain't on me. Don't even put that idea in AJ Gray's head. <laughs> uh, well, this this was uh, fun. See, I think that you were unsure of coming on here and how this would go and result. But look at this. We've been talking for over an hour. You didn't even know, probably. No, I didn't even realize it. <laughs> Just get you talking about dick prints in gray sweatpants and you just yak 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 that's all we I think need. this one's just gonna be called x-rated with faye jackson go ahead do it and watch your follower count go up like oh yeah, we're geez, trying to get those ratings gonna have to release it late at night instead of on a monday morning like we what are those kids do? called we're trying to get the clout you know like look the, like everybody's at home and if they got this uh blasting out loud for some reason and their kids are around that's on them <laughs> All right, we'll bring this home. Faye Jackson, is there anything you, uh, anything else you want to push or, or put out there? Plugs? Well, you know, since there's no shows going on for quite a while, it's all good. But I would love to come back to AIW when I can. And yeah. also... <laughs> and UXWA, we'll get you a double shot. Yeah, yeah, bam, there we go. UXWA, what else is uh, out in Cleveland? That's it, right? That's, that's pretty it, much it. That, Me- that's it. Yeah, that's Those it. Those are the important ones. <laughs> Mega? The, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Traxler? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Mega. Well, are, is he still going to be running? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Tracks sure, will run. Sure. It'll be sure. all right. Shout, shout out to Mega, too. But um, let's see. My social media, of course, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all up under the same name, Faye Jackson 419. Uh, buy my merch. Go to FayeJackson.BigCartel.com. And my Patreon for all my creeps out there that want to see what's, uh, if y'all about that life, uh, subscribe to my Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash FayeJackson419. I think, I think uh, I'm going to have to get on there with an alias, though. I don't want you to know. You wouldn't be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you will that's... get discovered, but you wouldn't be the first one. Trust me. <laughs> Well, all right. There you go. That's uh, that about sums it up <laughs> for for John Thorne, for Faye Jackson. Uh, my name's Steve Guy. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week right here on AIW's The Card is Going to Change.